I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, MJ. Hi, Marie. And hi, listeners. Welcome to Dispatches from the Kardashian Simulacrum. Where we process our media theory takeaways and other hot takes from this week's Kardashian content. Okay, so we always have terrible timing because right after we record, it like does not fail. They come out with some shit. So right after we recorded last week, the news came out that Lucas and Chris (laughs) divorced after six months of marriage. (laughs) So we didn't get a chance to address it Mm -hmm. right away. But now's the time. Well, it's like kind of interesting because we've really noticed that they time the drop of episodes with real life media events that are that correspond with the episodes. So the best example from the season is Kim going to all those soccer games in Europe and then dropping her skims campaigns that are starring the soccer players we saw in the episodes. And so this is kind of like literally days after the episode airs about this, you know, beautiful, flashy gay wedding in Vegas. Suddenly, we hear of their divorce that same week. I mean, Chris is so inner circle. Maybe it was kind of like, you know, time it, (laughs) time it around, time the news of it. Who knows? Dude, I don't know how they figure out their calendar. I know. Their content calendar. I can barely like, I work in media. And sometimes that requires me to like plan out shoots. And then when the videos will come out. And like, I can barely do that. It takes me like three hours to do a content plan for like <laughs> internet videos. I don't know how they make sense of this web they've created. No, I made a TikTok once about that where I was like, I would love to see the Kardashian calendar because not only is it Kim's image production that she's timing, but it's every member of the family and how they correspond with one another. The timelines don't make any sense to me. I'm like, how do you know when the show comes out versus when like real life dramas? I don't know. It's just like so confusing, but they have it all figured out. Well, that's a good transition, I think, into for me, what was the most profound takeaway of this episode, which is Courtney and Travis's epic pseudo event construction. I mean, other things happen in this episode, like Courtney talks to Tristan, they kind of wrap up their like Tristan's in the hot seat with Courtney conversation and uh kim goes to the met gala and north is this critic oh that was kind of interesting as well one of your main takeaways was this kravis pseudo event i think that and like north were the probably the most interesting things of this episode interesting to me because courtney is situated as the organic sister uh she's the one that whistleblows the family's bullshit you know like their Mm -hmm. their obsession with work the idea that they're exemplars of late capitalist new media all of that. But they've amplified like every step of their public courtship with spectacle and all of the same Kardashian formulas that 
have made the Kardashians what they are that Courtney now critiques, you know? So, mm-hmm. and maybe the idea is that Courtney is down to play the game, but with her own family, her own individuated like project. But the PDA was basically an assertion of famous for being famous. They were famous for flaunting their obsession with each other and their sex life. Mm-hmm. The, the elopement in Vegas, which was not an actual wedding, was a perfect example of Daniel J. Borston pseudo events. That was like an opportunity that I took to teach, you know, the Kardashian colloquium audiences for those who didn't know about the idea that celebrities, public figures will create situations to fill in the headlines that they want. So they wanted a Courtney and Travis get married after the VMAs in Vegas or whatever event it was. And so then those, those like fun, very quintessentially Vegas photographs were mm-hmm. really for the sake of the spin that it created. The point is they have been the best living examples actually for me to explain the function of my project because it's so like cause and effect. It's like pseudo events in Vegas, Panopticon when Travis proposed to Courtney and you knew that she was aware that there was a camera on her, even though it was hidden, you know? And like, yeah, now this, I guess we have gone all this way without saying it in this episode we get the BTS on Courtney holding up the Travis I'm pregnant sign at the concert. Right. right. Which did you know? I like didn't realize that this was the a reference. reference that it was referencing like the music video. Didn't know that even though I really did like Blink-182. I did not know that. I have a few thoughts on the function of the actual pseudo event. But what I found interesting about the storyline is that they kind of own it. They treat it as a given that it was a ploy to the public. We find out in the episode that Travis knew she was pregnant. This was about letting the world know in a way where Travis acted surprised though. So we got a full BTS. I mean, this is where I'm like, you guys like, yeah, it's like more polished and fake, I guess, in in the viewer's experience of it. But like, they are kind of giving us some of the real shit. Totally. Even though it's actually still fake in so many curated ways, which is... Only they would manage that. But yeah, so Travis is like, yeah, of course I knew. But then they're telling him, well, you look surprised. Um, And yeah, her sign. They were also like planning beforehand, like, should you look surprised or like, what? Right. No, it was eerie. It was very uncanny. They're giving us like one of the best uncanny moments of the season, even though Courtney's the one that's like angry about playing the game. But yeah, they gave us a peek behind the the narrative construction of their love story. We all knew Travis knew. It's just... Funny to me that like they let everyone think that for like eight months. No, totally. Even though everyone was skeptical, I think people were all like, "Really, Travis didn't know she looks pretty pregnant." In that, right. you know. Also, I think it's just worth like mentioning there probably was a question of because she said we were wondering if I should go out on stage or how we do this. She probably couldn't go out on stage because of safety reasons, and they probably have to be careful with the baby because she is an older mom. Mm-hmm. And where she was standing, like there are special places where like. That looked like a fun moment, Courtney in the crowd doing this thing, but it was very safe. It right. was, it was like technically a Kardashian. And the reason I say this, it's like, yeah, she was like in a special VIP section looking like she was surrounded by people because it was probably their posse and like whoever else they had be there. But what I find interesting about it, it's like, yes, it's the safest way to like announce this and like create a, a moment, but it's still a Kardashian being experienced on screen rather than live. If, mm. if she went out on stage, it would be like, whoa, live moment with a Kardashian. But yeah, their comfort true. zone is on screen. So it's still like a camp, a camp, no one in the fucking huge stadium was really seeing Courtney do that, her little sign. Yeah, like she was on set, basically. Exactly. So that's really interesting. The fact that they just like explicated a 
media manipulation for us in the show. What I also found really interesting was, yeah, the the little storyline of like North is giving Met Gala notes. At first, I thought that was going to be one of their weird force storylines, like the way they do force things with the kids. Mm-hmm. But I actually thought it was really telling a story about the role North is going to play as they put more focus on the children. And this idea of how they're taming the Kanye impulses in North to turn her into the next great curator. I was watching it with somebody who was like trying to watch it through a Kardashian colloquium lens. And he's like, is she just like an insufferable brat? And they're letting her do their thing, like do that because she's a Kardashian kid. And like (laughs) this fucking like designer has to just be a cuck to that. (laughs) Or is it like we're doing a scene where we're constructing her as the next Kanye? I appreciate the framing of the the question. And here is my take (laughs) at first. I was watching this and I was like, ooh, I'm a little surprised that they are showcasing a Kardashian kid being kind of bratty because they have this hustle culture, bootstraps, we're nice to everyone, we're on time everywhere we go. This whole contrast to Paris Hilton's image that Kim kind of built her career on, you know, like they dropped the Princess Kim thing pretty quickly when they realized that there was more appeal and more more to gain from being nice and professional mm-hmm. and, the, and like doing the like we work hard thing. The, the the brands we work with are the best brands in the whole world and they can do no wrong and we have nothing but like deference to them. Yes. Yes. And that was totally not what was happening in this moment. So I, so I was surprised because I'm like, that's not really like what they describe of their own family culture. But on one hand, yes, it's like a Kardashian kid is growing up in a very different way. And maybe it is just being like, well, they are royalty to some extent. But then as the story evolved and it's North giving notes to the head of, I don't even remember the designer. And he's kind of like taking it, you know, like a champ. He's like making funny self-deprecating jokes. And Kim, we watch Kim guide North in her hot takes. She's like, well, here's where you're wrong. The pearls do, they are real. And she kind of took that moment to teach North about how pearls look. <laughs> and yeah. so she and constructive of, criticism and how to do it. Right. Yes. Yeah, she like opened the dialogue and like we watched her engage North with her feelings and thoughts, but then like help her refine them and make them more constructive. I think they're also being open to the different archetypes that the kids will kind of start to show as they grow and kids, you know, over time reveal their own little personalities. And I think they were wondering, like, is North going to be a Kim K protege or is she going to be Kanye's protege? And I think North naturally is showing herself to be creative and attuned and, you know, really like inspired by imagery. And they're like, all right, so we're going to nurture that. So I think it's both. I think they're like, yes, our kids are royalty, but we engage with them with that reality in mind. And then we help them refine it and be more constructive. And here's a scene showing us or showing all of you that we are trying to do that. We're going to do that. And North has like a lot of potential. Right. And like, you guys know, like, this is like hard for me to even engage with because I really want a boundary discussion of the kids. And I'm like, honestly, dreading all the hot takes people are going to flood the comments with on this. But that's kind of what I got from it to be as simplistic and boundary as possible, but acknowledge that they are now thrusting family stuff upon all of us. And we have to, you know, observe the kids actualize. Totally. No, they are really going hard with the kids. Yes. It's like so right there for the taking. It's like they're introducing the oldest kids as yes. characters now. They it's are. just like that's exactly what's happening. It's a conscious thing. They're absolutely doing. They're de- dedicating scenes to the kids. They're situ- situating both kids, Penelope and North, as critics and feedback givers. Mm. Um, but it's what's interesting about it is basically it was like North gives notes, 
but it really ended with North getting notes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, they're showing parenting in this like topping from the bottom kind of way. They, I mean, they also just knew that there was so much that scene is going to be talked about and they know that yes. it's like people are going to be like, what a brat. They like let her do whatever. But then Kim comes in and parents a little bit. So then like, yeah. And they love to see Kim humbled. Like they have the same of like, like Choupette beating Kim up. It's right. Like, North is like the proxy for everyone who criticizes her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So no, people will seize on that that scene for sure. And, and I think there was a lot of intentionality in that scene. And oh, and then, wow, so many like pseudo events and like really fake scenes in this, this one. The realest scene is Courtney's scene um, or storyline. Then also Chris meeting with like a like successful Hollywood producer to discuss the to plan the planning of her documentary Mm -hmm. which first of all that guy gary whoever like had such like a comfortably successful like story No, his name isn't gary i don't think his name is gary the reason i said gary is because the producer called Corey gary oh Corey was like doing chris's bidding being like she you know chris is so excited to be working with you da 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 and then he was like thanks so much gary (laughs) And I was like, what? Yeah, no, he had like the arrogance of like a very like successful, probably ruthless Hollywood producer that's going to fucking work with Chris on telling the story she wants out there. I mean, there was lots of like unsaid power. Yes. Power dynamics in that scene. Yes. There was like times where I was like, oh, this guy's deferring to Chris. Yep. He kind of like wants this opportunity. And then sometimes it was like, Oh yeah, but he's going to call Chris's boyfriend Gary. No, totally. It's it's actually yeah, you're right. It, there's like a mutuality to the power exchange because that guy whoever he is. Now I wish I did write his name down to look him up, but like whoever he is, he's made it in Hollywood making an older form of media that once dominated Hollywood, that once drove the business, right? Like mm-hmm. he probably made film and TV. And mm-hmm. then the Kardashians are the Kardashians. And so the Kardashians, as you said before, they defer to those older forms of power in media production. They don't act like they have all the power that they do. But I think there's a mutuality that kind of breaks even, you know, mm-hmm. and this For guy sure. knows like what his job is. But it's not like I don't think in like a little like foot soldier way for Chris. I think it's kind of like, oh, we're going to make we're going to do some movie magic and with Chris's story because that's what I do. And that's what she wants, you know. Totally. And what I thought was interesting, and that brings us to the next scene of Chloe interviewing cousin Cece about the family's Armenian history, but Mm -hmm. really it was just divorce drama. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping 
and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Between Chris and Robert, which people I think are quite engaged with actually, is that both of these little sub-sub-subplots indicate the family's awareness that there is going to be a need in the market to more and more consolidate the story, the myth. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yes, there needs to be consolidation of like the real tea with Robert and Chris and what really happened. There needs to be the story of Chris Jenner. We're going to be getting more, mark my words, you guys, this is what they're setting it up for. Chris Jenner is going to be, we've all known her to be a main character, the leader of the whole thing. But we're going to be getting Chris-focused content, like as in documentaries, as in like maybe another book. Or Chris is going to have her moment, dude, for sure. Because Chris is getting Chris is getting older, and it's yes. like they need to pu- they need to put out the prequel yes. before she dies. They need to right. like get the Adam and Eve Genesis story out in her words before she dies. Yep, or before she just kind of starts to like pull back and like become as present as like MJ is. Right, before she becomes, like, super old. Right. And she's still got... How old is Chris? She's, like, almost 70, I think. She's 68. Yeah. They probably are thinking, okay, mom, like, 75. And I don't think they're telling her. Chris will decide. And it's going to be weird as fuck for them. For everyone. For all of us. No, literally, whether anyone likes it or not. Whether you like them or not, it's going to be weird when Chris Jenner starts aging. And you know what? They even speak to that in the interview between Chloe and Cece. There's this, like shrill cc storytelling style of oh my god cc is so hard to watch (laughs) but i love it i love it she get. i think she's the npc right i don't know what she is (laughs) prob i mean yeah yeah honestly yeah because cc is every time she's in a show it's like oh my god you're such a fucking npc (laughs) and we found out why she's around all the time she literally chose chris she chose chris in the divorce and so they, that's where like, they probably are like benevolent when people show that kind of loyalty, even before they made it, you know? Totally. And she kind of like knew her role. Like she's like telling the story about like the drama between Chris Jenner and Robert Sr.'s mom when Chris left Rob. And I guess the mom said something like the Kardashian castle has crumbled. And Cece like says it in this like dramatic way as dramatically as Cece could say it, which was pretty dramatic. I don't know. It was so dramatic. And it's like, oh my God, Cece, you just gave them a promo. Like, yeah, is, that's where I'm like, is she an NPC? Because she kind of knows, gets the assignment, even though she can be so disruptive and weird too. <laughs> she does understand the assignment. I take it back. She knows her role. She plays it well. Cece could be a real housewife. <laughs> can Cece be a real housewife? <laughs> I think that it's like more of like a screen poise. Yeah, Cece doesn't have a screen poise. That's for damn. (laughs) That's what it is. But at the same time, like she's here for it. She's here to do whatever needs to be done. It's funny because it's like her lack of screen poise actually makes her very good for reality TV, though, because she is like, you know, when they were in whatever country together, her and Chris, and she's being like so not self aware and just like, as a viewer, you're reading between the lines and seeing like, oh, Chris is annoyed by Cece right now. You can just tell. But that makes for good yes. subtext, good reality television. So in some ways, she's like 
She's important in that way, yeah. actually. She actually is, like, their NPC. Like, she's not an NPC in the conventional sense of the term, of the way we use it. But she's, like, their NPC. Yes. She's their dispatch yes. to some kind of real world. Yes. She's, like, the NPC in the sense of, like, the character comes to her, the uh, the character with agency, and then she kind of, like, provides what kind of, like, narrative, like, content is required to move forward to move it forward yes she's the one that you go up to her and she has a scroll yes and the scroll comes out and it tells you what needs to be done next in the quest yes and in this case it was like a little like kardashian jenner tea yes that whole convo hearkened back Mm -hmm. to the conversation that chloe and chris had episodes ago Mm -hmm. that seemed it was like fake drama and was ultimately inconsequential but it was like chloe calling chris out for cheating on Yes. Rob. I mean, it's just these smart little Easter eggs that got you thinking about Chris and Rob's relationship. And now you're more, now all of a sudden you're more invested when Cece's giving the family history. Right. No, and they've recycled that a lot. The fact that Chris cheated. There were episodes. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. No, there was. That's what's interesting about their recycling, too. It's not just like, yeah, we know this works. It's them also knowing that, again, like we said last episode, people come in to to the Kardashians at different points. Yes. So, you got to remind people like the of the key the facets of narrative the narrative tenets yeah like the the canon of the story yes and those are the chosen anecdotes those are the chosen levels of the game those are the chosen plot points those are forever right. contained in the simulacrum they're going to be told in new ways maybe by new characters new voices um new forms storytelling forms so maybe like in whatever season of keeping up with the kardashians there's a whole episode it was about courtney being mad at chris then it's like mm. Chloe fighting with Chris or not fighting, uh, asking Chris about whatever. The point is, yes, it's going to come back or the basics are all there. And then they come back around in new forms, which is exactly the same as Car- uh, Kardashian Data Coalition found the skins MO, which is repackaging and recycling like. Yes. Yes. Like they're literal fabric. It's all the same pieces of clothing, but maybe this drop is pink. Maybe this drop has sparkles. Maybe this yes. drop. Blah, blah, blah. No, it's totally that. And it's like, there's so much content but so but but like the actual like the story stays the same yes exactly that's the thing no matter if you're like seeing kim kardashian for the first time on instagram versus on the show 15 years ago you're everyone's still more or less on the same page exactly and like they make it really easy like a soft entry to be new to them to come into them from a new different place You know, and then finally, the only other thing I want to acknowledge personally, but tell me if there's anything when we're seeing Kim go to the Met and she has like a dilemma because like the car is overheating or something. They have to get her in a new car. Who knows if that's true? There was a car right behind her ready to take her. Mm -hmm. They needed some sort of scandal for the Met Gala that added stakes because nothing can top Marilyn. Right. But A, Chris tells her when she looks good and is, I don't know when he said this, I just put in the notes, you're going to win. I can feel it. The idea of the Met being something that has to be won. Because yeah. that's a subtext. It's like sports for a lot of people. For sure. And then like Mario and Chris. Chris, Chris by the way, her hairstyle is not Chris Jenner. Yes, thank you. And then he offers to go in the trunk of the new car. Yeah. Should Mario and I go in the trunk? <laughs> and like, that's not. It's like, damn, you're like 6'4", but you're going to go in that trunk. You're going to go in the trunk and you're going to know that it was good that you said it because it's going to shock people or just like appall people. Yeah. And like Mario leading the prayer oh, and yeah. just being like, thank you for Kim. What did he say? It was just kind of like, damn. 
your lives revolve around this person. Knowingly, they know it. What did he say? I have it like written down. There is something kind of sweet about it though. In terms of the people that actually sculpt Kim and make them who they are, I think that they're able to submit so much to the machine in like a way where it's like, where's your pride? You're about to, you're like asking to go in the trunk because they also have, talk about topping from the bottom. Like they make her, they are the makers of Kim Kardashian. So there is an element of power that I think everyone understands in this, which like, even though like, I don't know, like that last episode with the Vegas wedding was like a bit much like, (laughs) I I don't, you know what I mean? Like they, they, they can probably tolerate it because they know what they meant, like what they mean to the brand. No, true. That's, that's true. It's complicated though. That's a complicated positioning to be in. Autonomy goes. You're right. You're (laughs) right. Oh, like, cause yeah, Mario, I, I'm writing it now, or I'm like looking back on the notes now. He's like, thank you for the 10th, this being the 10th met with Kim. And yes. it's just like, yeah, I mean, like, Kim is the vehicle for him to be able to show his work at 10 yes. Mets. So, complicado. Yes. I mean, just in the same way where it's like, if you're a working individual yeah. in America, you are an agent of capitalism. Yes. Like, it sucks. You're working for a system that doesn't value you, but you also, you know, are a person producing work and contributions that still should mean something to you because you're your life living your life. Yeah. Defined by it. Right. Well, actually, speaking of which, the only other thing I had to mention was not about the episode, but another thing that came out between us recording is that Kim was on the cover of GQ as Man of the Year. Mm-hmm. I have a lot to say about it. Part of me is like nervous to bring it up at the end because there's so much to say. But I mean, I made a post. If you guys are listening to this and you probably read my post, so you know the gist of how I view it. View it. So what are your thoughts, Babu? Was it subversive? Probably way too simplistic of a question to ask about anything Kim does. It made me look. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, damn. Mm-hmm. I think it was a clincher to a year that really felt unprecedented mm. as far as Kim breaking through thresholds. It's fitting for the kind of empowerment that Kim represents. There are always five steps ahead of me because I thought my hot take that I was going to assert more in my book was Kim's actually a masculine figure in America. And then right. they, they they beat me to it when that was going to be one of the points in my book. I mean, it still will be, but it was crazy to see them assert it. And they also, it was the final frontier for, of like, she's no longer actually an underdog, but they need to put her in places where she doesn't belong. So right. stamping man of the year on her, which people get so attached to these like fake media hype headlines and like fake contests anyway. Anyone that's mad about it is playing into it yet again. Kim employs a certain feminism that I don't enjoy Mm -hmm. or want to achieve for myself. Mm -hmm. But in the, in this, God, it's like so crazy to have to like censor yourself knowing that people are going to get pissed. (laughs) Keep this in though. Cause yeah, like we're being careful right now. Like we're right now, what we're basically saying is like, yeah, we have critiques of girl boss feminism, but you can't deny that this is like powerful when women just don't have power in this world actually. Right. Like, it is so novel to see a singular woman achieving things that only men have been allowed to achieve in a system created by men Mm -hmm. for men. We can't pretend it's not. And it's not going to liberate any of us. So don't think that we're under any illusions that it will. But it hasn't really been done before at this level in this way. Not applauding it, but we're not going to pretend it's not happening. Kim Kardashian in a suit was bound to 
mindfuck people and get people talking in a new way. Yeah, it's like it's not subversive because it's not really subversive to like win at a system that oppresses us all. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly novel and, and it's, it's certainly like food for thought. It's winning at something women don't typically win at. And there's different levels of access to that winning, obviously, based on privilege and identity. But still, holistically speaking, it's winning at something that no woman has won at in, to this level before. Yeah, we've, we've never seen a woman so powerful. Boom. With that said, who's the NPC? Oh, my God. I don't know. We could say fucking Simon again because he was just like, oh, my God, he was excited for that for that publicity event. <laughs> yeah, Simon. Simon. I mean, Steph was kind of pretty NPC with the all she could talk about was how she was crying. It's like that's the rule. You have to cry during Courtney's emotional milestones right. if you're in the Courtney's court. Or, I mean, maybe the producer that said Gary then. He's the NPC? I think he's the NPC, right? But he's not because he's contributing to like a very crucial piece of content for mm-hmm. the whole world and story. But not really. That's the thing. He will one day, when, when he does that, when he produces the Chris documentary, no longer an NPC, but for his function for the show, he was very NPC. Nothing happened. It ended with them being like, all right, let's end the P, which is like a Marie Corey joke. They said, let's map the plan. And then Chris said, let's end the P. And I was oh like... Oh my God, I didn't notice that. I was like, wow, someone's listening to Dispatches from the Kardashians in the back room. <laughs> sure. Let's have him. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Or everyone, we could say everyone was an NPC in the like Kravis pseudo event. Right, at the stadium. Okay, that's it. But now I gotta go. Okay, well, if I don't see you... <laughs> I was hoping... You would pick it up. Oh my god. Uh, well, yeah, I did. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Good night. <laughs> okay, All bye, right. Sophie. Bye, love you. Love you. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.